This is Growing the Valley, a podcast by the University of California Division of Agriculture and Natural Resources. I'm one of your hosts, Luke Miller, Orchard Systems Advisor for Butte, Tehama, and Glen Counties. I'm your other host, Phoebe Gordon, Orchard Systems Advisor for Madera and Merced Counties. Dr. Phoebe Gordon, welcome to the March One Minute Challenge. Glad to be here. And I hear we may have some extra audio with some furry friends that you have there in the recording booth with you. Yeah, I got a puppy about a month ago and she's playing with my older dog. And so far they're pretty quiet, but we'll see where it goes. (laughs) Well, I'm sure everyone will be very understanding of that situation. But if you are ready to go, you are up first for almonds and pistachios and best practices for the month of March. Yeah, I am ready to go if you have the timer set up. All right. Three, two, one, and go. Okay. So we are still at the tail end of bloom. Uh, Leaves are just starting to come out. And so generally when leaf expansion happens, that's when trees start transpiring and taking up nitrogen. And so it's a good idea just to make sure that about 80% of the nitrogen goes on before kernel fill is complete. Um, it's been another dry winter. And so, you know, once those leaves are full size, you can start pressure bombing the trees. Um, and that's when you should start, uh, uh, determining, you know, when to irrigate based on that. Um, if you live in an area with peach twig borer, get those traps up by March 15th, you know, get mating disruption for navel orange worm out. And once, uh, those, uh, netlets have formed, start looking for leaf footed bug. So the adults are mobile. So start looking for fruit drop with gumming and puncture wounds and pistachio. Get pheromone traps and mating disruption out by April 1st. There's still time for a budmon test if you haven't pulled samples. Uh, keep an eye on the weather when bloom happens um, and treat for botrytis if there is rain. Time. Oh, cool weather. And then if you have severe botrytis, panicle, and shoot blight issues, consider treating at bloom. That was it. Excellent. You were only a half a bullet away. So, yes. Solid work. The only thing I would add on the almonds with the mention of using the pressure chamber once the leaves are fully out is that in some early work that Roger Duncan, myself, and Ken Shackle have been doing, it seems that once the stem water potential starts to decline, it declines really fast. So you don't really want to wait for any substantial stress. Maybe once they're looking like they're at least a bar or so below the fully watered baseline, go ahead and irrigate. This is when you start to irrigate for the season or just exactly that's just to start the irrigations for the season. And then subsequent irrigations, you can probably be less conservative with irrigate when the trees are say two to four bars drier than the fully watered baseline for mature trees or closer to two bars drier than the fully watered baseline for young trees where you're really trying to maximize growth. So I have a question for you that why do you need to start irrigating sooner with that first irrigation? We're still figuring this question out of what's a good threshold to start irrigation. And we have seen that definitely four bars drier than the fully watered baseline, and maybe even two bars drier than the fully watered baseline as the start of your regular irrigations might be too dry, may reduce growth and potentially have some knock-on effects for yield. And so until we have more data under our belts, we're just advising to be on the cautious side. Don't irrigate when the trees are at baseline and they're zero request of water, but play it safe with that first irrigation. 
Interesting. Yeah. Nothing else on on almonds or pistachios before we turn to walnuts and prunes? I mean, I know we had the freeze event late last week. I just walked the variety trial this morning and I didn't see anything, no cold damage, barely any bacterial blast, honestly. So I don't know if it was just my site or that region seemed to be spared, but it sounds like Tom Graziel went up to your site this weekend and saw some cold damage there. Just being a few days after the event, I do not know the extent of damage, whether it be blast or direct damage to almond flowers yet. And that's not to mention other crops like prunes that have started blooming in some early orchards or even walnut orchards where the ground was really dry. So as I like to say, nobody calls when everything is just smooth sailing, but so many media and grower calls last week with the freeze. We will see, and hopefully the damage is minimal. We certainly know in almonds that you can have some damage to those flowers and the trees do a good job of compensating for it because you only need 20, 25% of those flowers to turn into nuts to have a good crop. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that was the case when we had a big frost event a couple of years ago. People were seeing some damage, but everything ended up being okay at the end of the year. Yeah. Okay. So you're going to be covering walnuts and prunes. Is there any sort of acknowledgement that you need to make before we begin? Acknowledgement always to all my colleagues in the Sacramento Valley, including Clarissa Reyes on this call. Okay. So you should start in three, two, one, go. In prunes, bloom is early this year, and after lots of chilling, it may be a flash bloom like in almonds. Communicate with your beekeeper about the fungicides you may use at bloom. If there's clear weather, one brown rot spray. If it's wet, then two. If there's cold at bloom, a closely mowed orchard floor is warmer than one with tall weeds or a cover crop, while freshly disked soil is the coldest. If temperatures are above 80 at full bloom, run micros. That'll give you a degree or two of cooling. In walnuts for navel orange worm, sanitation. Get those mummies off the tree in flail mode. Codling moth traps should be up by mid-March to establish the biofix. For both moth pests, consider mating disruption. Check soil moisture with sensors or an auger and irrigate to refill your profile while the trees are still dormant. If there's freeze predicted in any orchard crop, irrigate two to four days ahead if the soil surface is dry. You ended basically right on time. Excellent. Love it when it works out. Well, what are you seeing when it comes to farm calls? Not really had any farm calls recently. Definitely been in meeting mode here with prune day and up in Red Bluff last week, as well as the statewide walnut series last week. So And then, of course, the freezing conditions late last week that we talked a lot about earlier. So that's been a lot of what's been on my mind is getting calls from growers about irrigating ahead of freeze. I know that you and I communicated last week with Jim Atascavich about bacterial blast and that the Kasumin material that has a emergency use permit for this early bloom season here. That is efficacious if applied in the seven days leading up to the freeze event. And certainly I didn't know, we've always talked about bacterial blast being a freezing and wet cold conditions, but you posed the excellent question of 
with it just being cold and not having wet conditions on top of that, should we still be concerned about bacterial blast? And he said that we should. So it'll be interesting to see, did folks end up applying Kasumin? Did they not? Finding all of that out in the coming weeks is going to be really interesting. Yeah. I guess the reason why I asked initially is because it's on the label that you should use it in wet or freezing weather. But if you think about it too, like, I guess it depends on what the dew point is, but you could have that moisture on the plant tissues in cold weather if the dew point is low enough or high enough. I can't ever get that straight, but you know. <laughs> yes. Yes. So yeah, hopefully, like we said earlier, there's no substantial freezer blast damage to speak of across the valley. But as always, this season is another rep that we all get under the belt. So we're all learning growers and researchers alike every season. So yeah, and then otherwise just gearing up for the start of irrigations, a favorite, favorite subject for me, obviously something we already talked about with Ammons. So I'm hoping to do some surveying with Clarissa Reyes and Kurt Pierce talking to growers, finding out when they're starting to irrigate in both almonds and walnuts. How does that timing relate to what the tree is saying? Is it saying I'm at the fully watered baseline and there really wasn't necessarily a need to start irrigation at that time? Figuring out when folks are starting to irrigate and can that be optimized? Finding out if they're using the pressure chamber, what are the adoptions or what are the barriers to adoption? Are they interested in these automated technologies like Floripulse, getting into all of that start of the irrigation season questions is something I'm just super interested and excited for. Anything else on your mind, Dr. Gordon? Sorry, I thought I hit the unmute button. My puppy is now destroying my rug. It's a rug I don't care about, but she's still being noisy. This is life with dogs, folks. Anyways, I got some projects funded that I'm actually just in general, I'm really excited to get out in the field and start doing field research. It's nice to have these periodic times where you're back inside, but I think most of us got in the job because they wanted to be outside and I'm eager to get back out there again. Likewise. I think I speak for both Clarissa and myself that we want to be back out in the field, but meeting season is not over yet. So the Ammon board is going to have a soil summit. That's going to be at the Chico State Farm on March 31st. I'll be talking about soil structure and irrigation. A couple of meetings. So both are at the Madera County Farm Bureau. Both go from 7.30 to noon. On March 29th, I'm having a pistachio day. And on April 5th, I'm having an almond day. A couple of old standbys when it comes to you know, nitrogen or irrigation management. As well as a couple of updates on some new things like alkali weed and pistachio. Excellent. It's always a good to have a combination of the best practices. We all need a reminder of that, as well as some interesting, cool new research you're doing. Hopefully, crop are looking healthy, both the trees and this 2022 crop. So best wishes to you, Phoebe, and to all of our growers. You too. Thanks for listening to Growing the Valley. A UCANR podcast. You can find out more about this episode at our website, growingthevalleypodcast.com. We'd like to thank the almond, pistachio, walnut, and prune boards for their support. We'd also like to thank my sister, Muriel Gordon, for writing and recording the theme music.